Welcome to the Hope Unlimited Church podcast. We are so honored to connect with you, and we pray that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. I have a word for you this morning. I'm starting a brand new series called Questions That You Are Asking. And so a while back, I polled the congregation and I said, What are some tough questions that you have? What are some things that you would like to know that you would like me to ask and I have selected a few of those things just to go deeper into and to talk about because I think it's important that when people have questions that whoever the leader, whoever the pastor is does his best to address those so that you kind of get a semi-answer to your question. So today, um, I just want to preach and to teach really quickly on how you hear God's voice. Um, 19, so there was 30, I would just say 30, just to keep it consistent. There were around 30 questions that were asked And of those 30 questions, 19 of those had to deal with hearing God's voice. And I believe they can be solved with if you learn to hear the voice of God. And so I want to preach to you this morning for just a few moments. And if you are a note taker, this message is your dream. Because I have lots of points and lots of things that I'm going to talk about today. But I want to read to you a passage of scripture, 1 Corinthians 14. Starting in verse 10. Oh, here we go. There are perhaps a great many kinds of languages. That word languages in the Greek actually translates to voices. There are a great many kinds of voices in the world. And no kind is without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the voice or of the voices that I hear I will be to the one who speaks as a barbarian and the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me so also since you are zealous of your spiritual gifts seek to abound for the edification of the church there are perhaps a great many kinds of voices in the world no kind is without meaning. And if, they do not, and, if, and if I do not know the meaning of the voices, I will be the one who speaks as a barbarian. And the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me. So also, since you are zealous of your spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. Lord, we want to know how to hear your voice. We want to learn how to hear your voice. We want to know your voice. We don't want to pretend like we know your voice. Your word says that your sheep know your voice, and as strangers, they don't follow. Lord, teach us not only how to hear your voice, but to know it's you speaking. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I... Jansen, you're good, man. Everybody can give it up for Jansen in the house this morning. I have to have him play behind me so it's not so awkward with me up here reading the Bible. I feel strange when it's just, there's no sound. Um, I want to be a church full of people, and I want to lead a church full of people that hears the voice of God. I want you to be able to hear the voice of God. I want you to be able to discern when you are hearing God's voice and maybe when you are hearing other voices. The scripture that I just read to you says there are many different kinds of voices. And I need to seek to understand those voices so that I know whose voice I'm hearing. Right? And so the great part about this message is a lot of times what pastors are trying to do is they're trying to get you to get something. 
They're trying to get you to understand something. They're trying to get you to actually take what they say, then go ask questions to yourself and answer those questions based off what I say. I am just answering your questions <laughs> with this series. So it's not that I'm trying to get a church to want to hear the voice of God because you've expressed that you want to hear God's voice and I'm just going to teach about hearing God's voice. Three things that you need to stop doing. I'm telling you, if you're taking notes, there's an abundance of points today. An abundance, a many, couple pages. Charlie probably worked on these for 30 minutes or so, just because I think it's that important. I think there are, so, I could preach on the voice of God for months. If you look in uh, my personal library at home, I have so many books about hearing the voice of God from people that I trust, and um, it's a lot of good stuff. My first mentor, he was, uh, he was literally, they called him a prophet. He did not call himself that, so he was not like, hey, my name is prophet so-and-so or apostle so-and-so because, you know, the Bible says don't identify yourself by a gift that you have. Let others do that for you. So they did that, and he's probably the most prophetically accurate person I've ever met in my life. Um, there are people in this room who've received prophetic words from him that were just spot on in a season that changed the course of their life. Three things that you need to stop doing if you want to hear the voice of God. The first point, stop making this so complicated. Stop making this so complicated. I say that so, just with a little bit of anger. Because I hear people talk about hearing the voice of God. I'm like, man, if I tried to hear the voice of God like that, I would never hear his voice. Because I would stay confused. I would stay anxious. The second thing that you need to stop doing if you want to hear the voice of God, is you need to stop saying that you can't hear his voice. You can hear his voice. It's not, listen, you can, but maybe nobody's ever taught you how, right? And let me say this, you don't need a prophet to learn how to hear God's voice, and you don't need a prophet to hear God's voice for you. Do you mean to tell you what prophets actually do? They don't prophesy to you. They teach you how to hear God's voice yourself. That's what they do. They don't get up, they'll say it the Lord God Almighty. Some of them do, but the greatest gift that they have is they teach you how to hear God's voice for yourself. That's their greatest gift to the church, in my opinion. Stop waiting on others to do it. It's the third point. Stop waiting on other people to hear God for you. You don't need a prophet. You can hear God for yourself. You can hear his voice. You can Part of our problem is, is that we think that we need someone with a gift to do everything for us in the church anyway. We need a pastor to preach to us. We need a worship leader to lead us in worship. We need an intercessor to teach us how to pray. We need a prophet to prophesy to us. We think that all the people with gifts are the ones who have been just, well, they'll teach us how to do it. No! No! That's not supposed to happen. I'm not supposed to be the only person hearing from God in this church. And if I am, I have failed miserably as a pastor. Miserably, horribly. Should resign. And if I'm the only one preaching to you ever or teaching you how to pray or any of that stuff, I have failed miserably. Stop waiting on someone else to hear for, from God for you because you can hear for, for yourself. Okay? the first thing. The first question that I need to answer for you is when you are talking about hearing God's voice, the first question that I need to answer for you is why does God even speak to begin with? So why does God speak? Why does God speak? You probably have something going through your head right now, an answer, but I'm going to make this real simple for you. The reason that God speaks is because God wants to communicate with you. That is the primary reason that God speaks. It's because he wants fellowship and relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. When Jesus teaches us how to pray, 
you to think about this. He says, when you pray, pray like this. Pray, our Father, right? And then he goes on through the Lord's Prayer. What Jesus is trying to communicate in that passage of Scripture is he is literally, this is so controversial that he even said our Father to begin with because people then did not view God as Father, they viewed him as Lord. Jesus came on the scene and says, when you pray, you need to pray our Father because he was trying to change your whole dynamic and how you view God from, oh, he is this God into the sky as he is, this, he is my Father, He is this God who is far away from me, is an Old Testament way of viewing God. He is your Father, and that's what Jesus came to communicate in the New Testament. So the first thing that you need to understand is is God wants to communicate you like a father does to a child. Like a father does to a child. So, for instance, Beckham can communicate. I cannot overemphasize that enough. He can communicate what he wants, when he wants it. I'll tell you one of the most interesting things that Beckham does is when he communicates what he wants to eat. One of the most interesting things I've ever seen a human do, much less a baby. Okay, When Beckham is eating something, he'll be eating it and he'll be chewing it. If you put something else on the table that he prefers, he just reaches his mouth, takes that out and puts what he prefers in. And he's just like, ah, you know, throws it in the floor for Winston. All this sign language stuff that all of you parents teach your kids, Beckham does not communicate that way. His all done is throwing everything on the floor. He doesn't understand all done. He's like, I'm done. Let me down to wreck this house because that's my agenda. The problem is, a lot of times is, Beckham can communicate, but he can't speak my language, right? So me being a good father, I just speak his. When you try to hear from God, you need to know that God speaks your language. He's a good father, and even if you can't hear the way that he would like you to hear what he's saying yet, he will communicate it in a way to you so that you can understand what he's saying. God speaks your language because he wants to communicate with you. How evil would it be if I never talked to Beckham because he couldn't speak my language? And so I just communicate with him the way that he can communicate until he can understand what I'm saying. Now Beckham can say two things in the English language that I am certainly aware of. No and dada. No, because Katie taught him. He either walks, this is what Beckham does. He walks around, he's like, no, 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 no. Or he walks around, he's like, da, 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 da. Two things that I know that he can for sure say. He never says it, no, and he never says it, da, da. It's no, 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 no. But because he can't speak all of my language yet, I figure out how to communicate with him where he can best understand. You need to know that if I feel that way about my child, God feels that way in abundance about you because I cannot be a a better father than he is. Okay. The next thing that you need to understand about the re- why God speaks is God not only want, he doesn't only want to speak to you, he wants to communicate with others. Okay. Listen to this. I didn't give them this verse, but I want to read it to you. One who, but the one who prophesies strengthens others. They encourage them and they comfort them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but a person who speaks a word from God strengthens others. God gives other people encouraging words for you in seasons that you may be scatterbrained or can't hear clearly or you're not seeing as clearly or there may be some, I think about sometimes, like you know how sometimes we used to have frequency issues with not this mic. We've never had it with this mic. We have it with this mic. I'm shutting the church down. Uh, Yeah, you have to find somewhere else to go to church. Sorry. I'll do Facebook Live or something. And so, but anyways, we used to have frequency issues 
with a headset mic. Sometimes I think that's how we get when we try to hear from God. We have frequency issues. Things are, things are in our way, right? Our emotions, our feelings, what we currently see in the moment, our circumstances, our situations. And sometimes God just speaks a word to somebody else so that he can get something to you that he wants to say to you. Okay? So why does God speak? He wants to communicate with you. And he wants to communicate with other people. Listen to this. How does God speak to me? That's the second thing. How does God speak to me? I'm going to give you the ways in which I am most familiar with that he speaks to human beings. The first thing that you need to understand, I've already touched on this a minute. He speaks to you like a father speaks to a child. That's the first thing that you need to understand about hearing from God. He speaks to you conversationally, right? It's not every time you get a word from God. Like, imagine if every time I talk to Beckham, I'm like, thus saith the Lord to God. Pick up that basketball goal. <laughs> thus saith the Lord God. Quit throwing that flute food in the floor. Thus saith your father, if you feed Winston the food that you don't want, again, we're going to have problems, Winston is um, still behaved really well, but Beckham, one of the things that they tell you when you send your dog to dog school is don't feed them human food, okay? Beckham doesn't understand that yet, so every time he tries to feed Winston human food, it gets bad in our house. Listen, most of your conversations with God most of the time when God talks to you, it is for the sole purpose of him abiding in you and you abiding in him. Most of the time in your God conversations, they do not have a means to an end. They are just because he loves you and you love him. That is, that is the majority of your walk with God. The majority you growing closer to him, him growing closer to you because there is a love that he has for you as his child and a love that you in turn have for him, right? And that conversation doesn't have to go anywhere. It doesn't have to mean anything. Could you imagine if every time you talk to your dad or a father figure in your life, if every time that you guys talked, it was about you doing something? I just stopped calling that person. I just stopped talking to him. Because sometimes I just want to talk. Sometimes God just wants to talk with you. It's not even to correct anything. It's not to make you better. It's not to make you grow. It's not so that you hear God more clearly. It's none of that. It's just because he is a good father and you are his child and he loves you and he wants to have a conversation. That's the first way of how God speaks to you, okay? The next way is through a word of wisdom. Through a word of wisdom. There's a spiritual gift. It's called the gift of wisdom. And inside of prophecy, we have said in the gift of prophecy, we say there are words of wisdom. And if you're real Pentecostal, they're words of knowledge. Absolutely. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge. This is, it, it's always baffling to me when people don't make wise decisions. And I'm not saying that to be insulting this morning. I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm saying that one of the reasons that you don't continually make wise decisions is because you don't ask God. The Bible is very clear in James chapter 1. If any of you need wisdom, let him ask God. And he will give you wisdom in abundance without rebuke. You can ask God stupid questions. And he'll give you wisdom of how to deal with the situation that you're going through life. He'll give you wisdom to do that. A lot of people don't make wise decisions. It's simple. They just don't ask God. They go everywhere else, but they don't ask God. Well, this person said I should do this. Why don't you try asking God? 
There is something that I think has plagued my generation. I'll speak real candidly with you here. We like catchy phrases, but we don't like biblical phrases. We like catchy things that we see on Instagram. That I like read sometimes, I'm like, I really hope to God that people don't see that and listen to that. Because that's going to lead them to do something that's going to be really, really dumb. Listen, if you need wisdom, you need to ask God for wisdom. It's that simple. It's that simple. I know it may not be your cool thing to do. I want to be wise. I don't care about being cool. If you know me, of in, I don't care about being cool. I wore house shoes yesterday to get my hair cut. If you think I'm worried about being cool, wrong pastor, right? Wrong dude. Wrong guy. These pants I have on, Wrangler. Walmart. $19. They're comfortable. That's somebody, actually have started getting my hair cut by this guy in town, and he watches all of my sermons, every one of them. Every time I go to get my hair cut, he's like, I really liked your message. This is what you said, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you do actually listen to my sermons. All right, praise God. You're not just telling me that. He said something the other day. He was like, I preached in the Easter. When I preached on Easter, he saw, like, what I had on. He was like, I was expecting you to wear a suit. And I'm like, we don't just, we, you don't know me yet. <laughs> You don't know me yet. I barely want to wear a suit to weddings. And if I can get by with it, I don't. The unfortunate part of that is, is most of the weddings I attend now, I am officiating. So they require that. It's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable. Don't act like wearing a suit is comfortable. It looks good, but it ain't comfortable. Unless you buy one of those real expensive ones, which I am not doing ever. Ever. But really, we have been plagued with being trendy and cool and relevant, and we're not wise at all. Do me tell you, do me tell you how I know that wisdom doesn't come with age? It doesn't. No offense to all of the people in the room who are elderly. Or watching online. I have met people who, who are old enough to be my grandmother and old, for sure old enough to be my mom that aren't wise at all. Age doesn't come with wisdom. It comes from asking God. And it comes from following the ways of God. Right? You know, listen, let me also encourage you with this too. Youth is not an excuse not to make wise choices. It's an opportunity to be led in the wisdom of God. I actually had somebody tell me this one time. Um, it was a, a, a friend of mine, and I was telling him, I was like, I think I might be too young to lead this church, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, he told me, he was like, your wisdom doesn't come from experience. It comes from God. Wisdom coming from experience. You may be knowledgeable about things, and you may know how things are certain going to go, but wisdom, a word of wisdom, comes from God. You need to be asking God if you want a word of wisdom. You need to be asking God how to live with wisdom. The Bible says that wisdom is more precious than silver and gold. It's more precious than jewels. That's the second way of how God speaks to you. The third way is a word of knowledge. Okay? A word of knowledge. When something has not happened and then you get a word from God, you feel like you hear a word from God, you feel like God speaks to you something about something that is going to happen. And you share that. Right? So, I have a friend. They're actually here. <laughs> Um, I actually gave them a word, I don't know, it's been a couple weeks ago now, 
but I gave them a word about their business. And this was totally out of the blue. I was not thinking about this. I was not praying about this. I was not seeking God about this. I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about it. I was walking into this store, and I saw um, a product that they sell. And I was like, hmm, wonder how that got here. And I knew the answer to my question. I already knew the answer to my question because I worked for a company that was a supply company and you buy wholesale and all this stuff. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me so clearly in that moment that your business is about to move into a lot of wholesale business. Okay, the next day, they send me a text message and they say, I just got the largest wholesale order that I've ever received. Okay, I don't know if it was the same day or if it was the same week that they get an email from one of the largest distributors that I know of about the product that they sell, and they want them to sell them on their website, put them in their stores. That's a word of knowledge. That's a word of knowledge. What is the purpose of a word of knowledge? The purpose of a word of knowledge is simply this. God sees you. God sees you. It's not even about accomplishing the task as much as it is God communicating, I see you. I see you. That's, a, that's the purpose of a word of knowledge. When you feel like you have a word for somebody, the heart behind it is always, I see you, I love you, and I'm saying amen to what you're doing. That's what a word of knowledge is. That's how God will speak to you. That, that is just an example of what a word of knowledge is. One time I remember I was with my mentor, and we were in Pensacola, Florida, and there was a lady that walks into this meeting that he said that he had never seen before, and he's real prophetic and strange in some ways, but he was like standing there, and he was like, hmm. He like looks at this woman, he's like, for some, and he says this from the stage, and I was like, if you miss this one, buddy, you have missed by a long shot. And he says, for some reason, I don't know why I see this. He's like, but I see you eating strawberries, sitting in a chair. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, oh, my God, please, dear God. He's like, I see you sitting, sitting and eating strawberries in a chair. She, have, she was praying about buying a strawberry farm. And he, and he was like, I see you eating strawberries in the chair. She just falls on the floor, starts weeping. She bought the strawberry form, f- farm. This is what you need to know about words of knowledge too. They are either a catalyst or they are confirmation. They are either a catalyst to send you on a journey about praying about something to do or they are confirmation of something that you have already been feeling from God. Let me give you a very just stern word of wisdom behind the words of knowledge. If somebody gives you a word of knowledge and you feel a check about it, do not act on it right then. Don't act on it right then. Never do something that you think God is telling you to do if you do not have peace about it. If you you can't see how this is going to lead you into joy, do not do it. Do not do it. Okay? They're either a catalyst or confirmation. So that was how does God speak to me? I'm going to give you how how do I hear God's voice? If that's the way that God speaks to me, now how do I hear his voice? Number one, ask God to talk to you. Ask God for a word. I know that that's simple. I know that that's elementary. This is what, this is what I, this is how I was taught. If you want to hear from God, ask him to say something to you. Right? There's a story in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Samuel is serving Eli. And Samuel gets, Samuel hears this voice. It says, Samuel, Samuel. He goes running to Eli. He runs to Eli. Eli looks at him. He says, I didn't call you. I didn't call you. He goes and lays back down. He hears the voice again. Samuel. 
Samuel. He runs back to Eli. Eli says, I didn't call you. And then he says, he's like, when you get back, lay down and just say these words. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And he realized in that moment that God was calling him and saying something to him. I find it very interesting that Samuel had to get to a place of rest before he could hear God's voice. Clearly. We, a lot of times, I'll tell you one of the reasons that we don't hear God's voice is because we're too busy. We don't slow down long enough to even hear God's voice, even if he was wanting to say something and poured it to us. We couldn't hear him anyway because we're infatuated with doing whatever we want to do. We're just busy. I can give you a good way to stop being busy. It's this two-letter word. No! No! Want to hang out tonight? No! Want to go to this 17th billionth birthday party? No! Want to get dinner? No! Can you come do this? No! I can't. Sometimes I can. (laughs) And if I can, I'll say yes. But if I don't feel like that I am settled within myself, most of the time I'm going to say no. Because I have an obligation, Song of Solomon says, to tend my own inward vineyard before I go to tend my brother's. And so sometimes you need to ask God to speak to you. How do I hear God? Ask him to speak. Second thing, read the Bible. I know that's so controversial to say in today's church. Read the Bible. What a grand thought. People, I know God speaks to people all the time, but they're unfamiliar with his word. So they don't even know that he's saying anything. They're so unfamiliar with what he sounds like because they haven't read his word, so they can't hear him speak. If you want to hear the voice of God, you need to get to with familiar with what God sounds like. Are you familiar with what God sounds like? Are you familiar with the way that he communicates in this book? Are you familiar with that? Or have you let Instagram and podcast and all these other things tell you how to hear from God? TikTok preachers teaching you how to hear from God. That's why they're on TikTok preaching. Because people who really know how to hear the voice of God know that they don't hear correctly. So they don't give them a platform. And neither does God. But we live in the day where you just get on Instagram and get on TikTok and whatever you want. And there's your platform. I was just not brought up in ministry like that. My youth pastor, I was with him this past week. I said, the best thing that you ever did for me, says, before you get this mic, you're going to grab this mop. Before you show everybody how gifted you are, you're going to grab this mop. You're going to straighten these chairs. You're going to sweep the van. We think everybody hears from God. Let me be very clear. Everybody can hear from God. Everybody does not hear from God. I I can tell you this because I'm going to tell you in a minute what tests that I put them through to legitimize a word from God. But everybody doesn't hear from God. But you can hear from God. Right? Especially people who have mics in their hands. We live in the day. I promise you. This is so annoying to me. We live in the day where if you're just gifted at all, we just throw you a mic. Can you sing? Get on stage and sing. Can you preach? Get on stage and preach. Don't have any integrity. Don't have any character. If you called them at 2 o'clock in the morning and said, I need a word from God, they wouldn't answer. 
If you called them and said, I need you to come pray for my sick kid, I don't care how good they can preach. Can they, can, can they walk into a room and cancer leave? What if we stopped promoting people in the church based off gifting and we only promoted them based off character? Let me tell you why you see all of these people falling right now in the church world. It's exactly what I'm telling you. You got a gift. You got some influence. Let's throw you on stage. I remember my mentor told me this I was because I was in this little like pastor influencer phase one time. He's like, let me tell you what's really influential. He's like, when you walk through a city and the shadow starts healing people that are sick, that'll get you influence. Whatever. All right. Off on that. Read the scriptures. Right? Number three, write things down. When you think you hear a word from God, write something down. Write it down. Write it in your notes. Write it in your Bible. Write it down. Write it down. Don't feel like that you got a word from God and just don't do anything with it. Write it down. It may not be for right now. It may be for later. Right? I have a note in the front of a Bible that I have about uh, the church that I felt like that I would lead one day. There are so many things about this church that look at precisely what I felt like God was saying to me about a church that I would lead. I should just bring it one day and read it. I mean, even down to the amount of people who live in this city. And I, it, that was like in 2016. And I found it recently. It was just in the front of a Bible that I had. Listen, how do you hear God's voice? Don't make it super weird. Don't make this super weird. You ever met those people that got a word from God every minute? Had a pastor that called him word a minute people. I got a word to wear black today. I got a word, absolutely. I got a word to wear a pinstripe shirt, these brown shoes. If God's speaking to you like that, I'm doing something wrong. Because God ain't ever told me what type of clothes to wear. So I put on the ones that fit. It's what God's been saying to me lately. You ever met those people? It's like every time they have a word, it seems like God's saying something else. You ever met those people that they only hear words from God that they want to hear? God never says anything to them that they don't want to do. You ever, you ever know those people? God's speaking to me this. No, he ain't. No, he's not. You're lying. You're lying. God ain't saying that to you. There's tons of people. I'm being serious about this. There's tons of people who have made horrific decisions based off the fact that they thought they had a word from God. I counseled, I counseled with somebody before that says, I feel like God told me to divorce my wife. He didn't. He didn't. You didn't hear from God. You heard that other woman's voice, but you didn't hear from God. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I heard somebody tell me this one time. You know that Hitler... I'm being serious when I say this. Hitler started World War II based off, I feel like God spoke to me. God spoke a word. He didn't. We can all agree upon that God did not tell Hitler to kill 11 million people, right? Yeah. Just want to be sure that we're all on the same page here. God probably did not say that. Listen, let me tell you when you need a word from God. If you don't hear anything else I say, you need to hear this. You do not need a word from God when you are trying to make a decision between right and wrong. You need a word from God when you need to make a decision between right and most right. There are some things you don't need a word about. There are just some things you don't need a word from God about. 
You don't need a word from God to live holy. You don't need a, live from, you don't need a word from God for, to stop sinning. You don't need a word from God to, stop, to start doing that. Read the Bible. You don't need to do that. Leads to death. Not good. Okay? It's the gospel in the, most, in the best way I know how to put it. Sin leads to death. Not sin, giving your life to Jesus, leads to life. But you don't need a word from God to, you don't need a rhema word, a spoken word from God by the Holy Spirit to tell you to stop sinning or to tell you the way that you're living isn't right. You don't need a word from God about this either. You don't need a word from God about preferring other people. It's in that book. I had somebody ask me this question recently. They asked me this question. And I'm not going to get too far into this. I'm just going to tell you where I'm at with it. Somebody asked me a question about LGBTQ plus however many letters they are now. They asked me a question about that. And I, I just had this, I was listening to this guy talk about it. He said this. He says, I don't know if we're in a place to discuss this yet in the church. He said, because, before we get to a place to discuss this, those people who identify as that need to look at the church and say, those are the kindest people in the world. Those are the kindest people in the world. I, do, I am not affirming. I'm just telling you straight up, I'm not affirming. I don't believe it's God's original intention for your life. I don't. And we could get into semantics over that all day long. But I'm not affirming. I love you. I want you to be at this church. I don't affirm any sort of sin. Any kind. I don't affirm gossip. I don't affirm backbiting. I don't affirm slander. I don't affirm anything. I don't affirm things about my own life that are still not where they need to be. But also, I don't want to feel pressure to just touch on a hot topic because it's a hot topic. Right? But I will say this. If you want to know how to treat people, they need to say you're the kindest person in the world. You need to say that you're the kindest person in the world. You don't need a word about that. If you just read the text, you don't really need a word about that. Okay? You just need to be incredibly kind. Why? Because the kindness of God leads people to repentance. Not you standing up and saying, we did blah, 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 blah with your life. How's that worked out? It hasn't, and it won't, with any sort of sin. If you get up here and you're just a pastor with a rifle going after sin, you're going to miss. You're going to miss. You're going to miss. When you point them to how kind God is, you'll hit the target every time. Every time. Because his kindness will be the only thing that makes them change anyway, and if they change any other way, it's self-righteousness. Self-righteousness anyway. They just changed because they were disciplined. You're not supposed to change because you're disciplined enough. You're supposed to change because you meet a man. Let me actually just go further into this. You won't change if you're disciplined enough. You won't. You won't. There is an element to being disciplined and being a Christian. Self-control, all of that's great. But you will not discipline yourself into getting rid of issues. You won't. won't happen. Really quickly, I have three tests that every word that you think you get from God need to pass. Three tests that every word that you think you get from God, they have to pass these tests or you can throw them out, right? The first test, does your rhema word, I maybe should have defined that earlier. What that means is, is a word that God speaks to you in a moment. Does your rhema word, is it in line with his written word? Is it in line with it? I'm not talking about, please don't misunderstand me here, I'm not saying that God can't tell you something that's not in here. What I'm saying is, is it will not make you act in ways that's not in here. It will not lead you to harm other people. Right? It will only lead you into the fruit of the Spirit. 
here's, here's some questions. When you feel like that you get a word of God, a word from God, is it a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path? Is it that? Or is it just, well, we got a word from God. It needs to illuminate things for you, right? Next thing, does your word from God reveal his heart? Does it reveal the heart of the Father? Does it reveal the nature and the character of God as Father? Listen, I can guarantee you this. God does not speak words that are out of alignment with his character. It's impossible for him to do because God cannot be, he cannot not be himself. He has to be himself. It has to be in alignment. God's heart leads you into a life of fruitfulness. Do the words that you have from God lead you into a life of fruitfulness? Or do they lead you into desire? That's a really hard question that you have to ask. Do the words that you feel like God speaks to you, do they lead you into fruit or do they lead you into desire? Listen to this. When you think that God gives you a word, do you have faith or do you have doubt? Just some questions you should ask yourself. Do you have love or do you have fear? Joy or anxiety? Peace or do you feel pressure? Does it lead you into a sense of meekness or does it lead you to this sense of like I am ambitious? Are you settled when you feel like you have a word from God or does it make you impatient? You should be all of the positive things that I just said and none of the negative things that I just said when you feel like you have a word from God. Okay? The last thing it'll do, the last test that it has to pass, it has to pass the test of the ways of Jesus. It has to pass that test. When God gives you instruction, when you think you have received a word from God, before you act on that word, you need to check your motives. Check your motives. You need to seek counsel from godly people. You need to seek counsel from godly people. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs eleven fourteen: Where there is no guidance, people fall. But there is safety in the multitude of counselors. You need to be sure that when you feel like you have a word from God, you can go to other people. You can go to other people and you can say, this is what I feel like God said to me. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And those people need to be able to say to you, no, you didn't hear from God. And you need to go and you need to submit that to somebody else. And you say, what do you think about this? No. I had a word from God one time, I'll tell you, and then we'll be done. Actually, go ahead and stand to your feet. I had a word from God one time, and I felt like, I'll kind of give you the context of it. I felt like that God showed me a picture, and in that picture, I was driving a certain vehicle in that picture. And I had no idea what that meant. So I heard all of these people, they were like, you need to go to these people because they're the prophetic people. It was right after I moved here. They hear from God. I was like, all right, we'll see. So I go and I submit this word to them. And when I submitted this word to them, they hit me back with this random interpretation. So random It made me feel full of condemnation. And I was like, I just do not believe that. I was like, I just, there's just something that's not sitting with me right about this. 
they were basically, what they were saying is, what they were trying to say is, is that I was trying to be flashy and preachy and I was trying to use ministry to get money. And let me just let you in on a little secret. That don't happen ever um, unless you get to the most elite level of ministry. And then you can get some money when you're working there. But for some reason, they thought I had all these impure motives about ministry. And they gave me this word. So I was like, yeah, I don't, whatever. So I started to believe what they said in a way. I started to nitpick my life and believe what they said. I called my mentor. I said, I feel like I have this word from God. What do you think it means? And he was like, oh, I think it means the exact opposite of what they said. They're like, I think it means I was in a car, a very fast car with some friends of mine, and I pulled up to this church in this church. And he said this. I'll never forget this. It's actually one of the words that, that probably got me through moving here. Because I moved here to Knoxville from a full-time ministry position where I was set. Just do whatever I want. Show up, preach to youth on Wednesday night, schedule people on planning center, make money and go home. And we moved on a word that we felt like that we had from God. And right after we moved here, I, I went to those two people. And, and my mentor, he says, I don't know what they said. And I don't believe what they said. He said this, though. He said, things are happening way faster than you think. Things are happening way faster than you think. And a year and a half into this, I'm back in full-time ministry. And things happened way faster than I thought. And it wasn't that I was trying to be the ministry dude, you know. That's why you need to submit words that you feel like you get from God to multiple people. Don't just act on it all the time. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit hopeunlimited.church give. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Unlimited Church.